Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. Today's program is brought to you by BioTill Cover Crops. BioTill Cover Crops provide innovative solutions to growing problems with a complete line of cover crops engineered to scavenge nutrients, improve water infiltration, stop erosion, rejuvenate soils, improve your bottom line, and keep you profitable. Call 541-928-0102 today for one-on-one local consultations and recommendations. Today, I'd like to introduce Liz Bozak, an extension educator with Penn State University. Liz will be discussing cover crops and slugs. Welcome to the podcast, Liz. Thank you, happy to be here. To get us started, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I work for uh, Penn State Extension. I'm based in Dauphin and Perry counties. They're located in the sort of the center of Pennsylvania. Harrisburg, our state capital, is in Dauphin County. I serve farmers in both of those counties that are growing corn, soybean, uh, small grains, and hay crops. Okay, very good. So let's go ahead and, and cut right to the chase. How soon in the growing season do slugs start to do their dirty work, the damage that can uh, affect cash crops? Yeah, so it's time to start scouting for slugs after the snow melts and daytime temperatures uh, get into the 50 degree range. Okay. And so explain a little bit more in depth how exactly slugs go about damaging crops? Okay, so slugs do the most damage to crops when they feed on the seedlings as the crop is emerging. So a high slug population can devastate a newly planted crop field. And the slugs feed by scraping leaf tissue and can eventually consume an entire seedling except for the stems Um, A good example of this is in soybean. We'll see um, under high slug populations, a slug will feed on those leaves until the leaves are completely gone and only sort of the stub of the stem remains above the soil line. Wow. So they're pretty prolific eaters and the damage just sounds very, very severe. Yes, it can be depending on how many slugs you have in the field. Sure, sure. So you mentioned that 50 degrees is kind of the temperature sweet spot. Uh, Talk a little bit more about the weather conditions and maybe are there certain field conditions that slugs seem to be drawn to? Right, so slugs seem to prefer cool rainy weather that here in Pennsylvania, we typically see in the spring during planting season, and then again in the fall during harvest and when cover crops are planted. And it's that cool weather with cloud cover and um, lots of rainfall that really trigger, okay, I need to start scouting my fields to see if I have a slug issue in any of those fields. If we If we have a spring, say, and we've had this in the past where we get, you know, sudden intense rainfall, maybe we get an inch in or two or three inches in a storm, but then it dries out for a couple of days, it warms up, 
that's not a spring weather pattern that we normally would see high slug populations. It's when it's consistently cool and rainy um, that we're most concerned about uh, slugs damaging field crops during the planting season. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So talk a little bit about what crops do slugs seem to prefer? Do they like corn or soybeans better? Or are they even picky about which crop they can eat? Okay, so slugs, slugs are such a terrible pest of crops because they prefer the seedling stage. And they can, can entirely consume that crop before it has a chance to become established. For instance, in Pennsylvania, the weather is hot and dry for July and August, and we will seed alfalfa in mid-August, and then our cooler rainy weather can start sometime in September. And so that newly germinated alfalfa stand uh, can easily be taken out by slugs because, again, they go after that seedling stage of plants, and they really don't have a preference that I'm aware of in any published research for either corn or soybean. There are plenty of studies evaluating feeding preferences for other plant species, and there is some preference for different plants, but it really depends on both what the plant species is and the age of the plant, and even how old that seedling is. So what we see in corn is from emergence to say V2, V3 stage corn, it's highly susceptible to slug damage. But once it starts getting larger, slugs really don't prefer to feed on those larger corn seedlings. And again, that's still before they're knee high. So based on observations that I've had in Pennsylvania, we have lots of fields that have corn and soybeans side to side. And so some farmers they look at those fields and the damage appears to be more severe in the soybean, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's a preference. It mostly has to do with where the growing point of a seedling corn plant is versus a soybean plant. For soybeans, the growing point is at the top of the plant. And under he heavy slug feeding, the growing point is consumed and then the seedling just stops growing. It's a different story for corn seedlings. So for corn, the growing point at the seedling stage is at the bottom of the plant until about V6 stage. So slugs can completely clip the corn down to just a small piece of the stem. But remember that growing point is actually at the soil level. And so if that's still intact, some warm, sunny and dry days, that corn can recover and grow out of that damage. Okay. So now once a grower has scouted their field and, and we have a slug problem, what can growers do to mitigate the slugs? That's a great question. So the first thing to think about is actually before we get to that point where we know we have an established slug population in the field. So during the spring planting season, the best way to minimize slug damage is to not plant fields wet. But that's incredibly hard to do because, you know, we have some springs that to avoid planting wet, if we're in a pattern of rainy and cool weather, that that's impossible to do. We're just not going to be able to do that. And 
even in a drier spring, it's almost impossible to plant every field in optimal conditions, depending on how many acres uh, you have to plant that year. So the idea is, is that you want to minimize that slug damage and it's that open seed furrow that is left behind when a planter runs through a field that is too wet. That's a perfect hiding place for slugs. And then if there's a lot of residue left in the field, this can make the situation worse because the planter may plug that residue into the open seed furrow. So, you know, acknowledging that not every field is going to be able to be planted in perfect conditions or even, you know, suboptimal conditions. We're going to have open seed furrows. I think at that point, the best strategy is to specifically scout fields that you know have an open seed furrow because that's where you're likely to see the damage first. Um, unless you have a particular field with a long history of slug problems. The very frustrating thing for farmers is that those fields that have a history of slug problems, they don't necessarily have slug issues every single year. Um, once you have slugs, it's basically watching the weather and deciding if baited pellets with a molluscicide in them are worth the cost of application. And the thing to remember about slugs is they're mollusks. And so you need a molluscicide like metaldehyde to kill them. Um, insecticides in general are not effective at killing slugs. And so during a pattern of cool, wet weather, it can be extremely challenging to get the pellets applied before the rain washes them away. And the key for application is a window of dry weather and a very even broadcasting of the pellets over the field. If the pellets are patchy, then typically the crop will also look patchy and uneven. Depending on the amount of damage, the number of slugs in the field and the weather forecast, the crop may be able to outgrow the slug damage within a few days of warm 70 to 80 degree weather without any more rain. And this is much easier to do with corn versus soybean, because once the soybean's growing point is consumed, you're, you're in a replant situation. Well, that leads me to my next question is that can slug damage be so severe that it would result in growers having to replant an entire field? So that's an excellent question. So this is really what a, pro a problem slug year can just be so disheartening because replant becomes the strategy to deal with the slug problem, especially if you're stuck in this cool, rainy weather pattern. So after the, the work and the expense to plant that crop, the slug can wipe out the crop, causing the producer to have to replant. And this is actually one of the primary reasons uh, that we started a slug monitoring project at Penn State. And it's funded by the Pennsylvania Soybean Board. Um, and since 2018, Penn State Extension educators have been monitoring slug populations in about 30 problem slug fields for the past three years. Um, we've seen very low slug populations since monitoring, monitoring began. But in 2017, before the slug project started, I kind of call that the slugageddon. Um, slugs caused a lot of replants, and some fields, in fact, were replanted multiple times due to slug damage. Wow. Wow. 
We'll be right back to the podcast, but first I want to thank our sponsor. BioTill Cover Crops provide innovative solutions to growing problems with a complete line of cover crops engineered to scavenge nutrients, improve water infiltration, stop erosion, rejuvenate soils, improve your bottom line, and keep you profitable. Call 541-928-0102 today for one-on-one local consultations and recommendations. And now back to the podcast. So you mentioned earlier that uh, those open seed row furrows are, are the best hiding place for slugs. What type of planting conditions are optimal then to discourage slugs from consuming uh, those seedlings upon emergence? If Does such a thing even exist? Right. So uh, the planting conditions when you plant, you do want to avoid that open seed furrow. And we tend not to have good row closure when the fields tend are wet on the wetter side. Um, and especially for, for people who are dealing with soils that have higher clay content, that can be especially challenging. Um, in sandier soils, not so much of an issue. The key is really what that weather is going to be like once the seed's in the ground. So if the weather is on the warmer side and it can germinate quickly and then grow quickly, it will it can outgrow the pace of the slug damage. And that's really the ideal situation. So even if, say, um, you get a lot of rainy weather during that first three to five days after planting, not really an issue as long as once it's germinated, it is actively growing. So we're looking for warmer, drier weather with sunny days, um, windy weather that sort of dries out the soil surface that can um, also help. Okay. So talk a little bit about uh, when growers are maybe scouting in the field, what are some visual indicators that they should be looking for that would signal that slug damage is the, the culprit of why they may not be seeing good crop emergence or why seedlings are not thriving? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I scout for slug damage, the first thing I look for is any section of the field with those open seed furrows. Um, if there are open seed furrows, then I look for slugs in the furrow itself or underneath any crop residue. If the field doesn't have any um, open seed furrows, then what I'm really looking for is any damage on the plants that resembles slug damage. And then also any residue, um, sometimes peeling up a clump of residue, you can find slugs hiding out during the day. Uh, during a cloudy, cool morning with lots of fog, you can find slugs out feeding on the plants themselves. Um, but typically, and you're more likely to find the slugs at the soil surface hiding under residue. And I, I should mention that you can also trap for slugs. Um, and that's actually what the monitoring project um, that we run in Pennsylvania uses. So 
Um, it's actually a one foot by one foot square of the white uh, roofing material. So um, a white sided shingle that the white sided shingle is used because it reflects the heat and keeps it a little cooler. And you can mark where those traps are in the field with flags. And then you can take a look underneath those traps, you know, once a week and see how, you know, if you have slugs in the field and how many you have. Okay. So let's kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit more about cover crops specifically. When cover crops are coming up, you mentioned that that's another prime time when slugs like to uh, attack uh, a field and a crop. How does slug damage look different when they're eating cover crops? So the slug damage itself, so how they feed is really the same, whether it's a cover crop or a cash crop. Um, so high slug populations in a cover crop I have wiped out that cover crop in the field. Um, and it presents a concern for the next cash crop. The, and remember that the feeding intensity, I would say, how much feeding they do is just dependent upon what's in the field for them to eat and at what stage are the plants. Um, and so slugs will move um, out of the field if there's nothing to eat. So you really want to pay attention to, you know, if you have a very young cover crop, a seedling stage, that's more of a concern that's, than, say, something that's a successfully overwintered, tillered, and is actively growing in the spring, like uh, cereal rye. Okay. So I've heard that some growers uh, mistakenly believe that cover crops are part of the problem when it comes to a slug infestation. Can you talk a little bit about uh, why some growers might think that? Right, so um, again, that kind of goes back to what slugs prefer to feed on. So they really like those seedlings, whether it's a cash crop or a cover crop. And so a cover crop is typically in the field in the fall it may overwinter depending on the species and then start growing in the spring. This is also a time of year that slugs, this is their ideal weather, you know, like at least in the mid-Atlantic region, our falls tend to be cooler and rainier. And then our, our springs again can also have a lot of our cool rainy weather. And the cover crop can provide a food source and a habitat for slugs to safely lay their eggs and possibly overwinter if you're in a region that's warm enough. And when the cash crop is planted, then the juvenile slugs that have hatched can move from the cover to the cash crop. And so I think that's why some farmers associate cover crops with an increased chance of uh, slug issues. But I, I don't think we can, we can really say well, it's the cover crop that caused my slug problem. Um, although it can, it can um, definitely support that population through part of the year. Okay. So uh, talk a little bit about how maybe planting green and, and planting those cover crops into a cash crop 
uh, might help mitigate slug activity in fields. So the, the planting green that at least is used uh, here in Pennsylvania is, you know, when we're planting that cash crop into a standing uh, cover crop and then the cover crops terminated and, but it takes, you know, several days for that cover crop to fully terminate um, before, uh, you know, the crop is up and everything's growing. And so the theory is that planting green provides a food source for the slugs to eat. So that's the cover crop while the cash crop is emerging. Um, it is also thought that it can increase natural predator populations, which could help to decrease those slug populations. Uh, Penn State researchers have looked at this over uh, three years from 2015 to 2017. And uh, Heidi Reed and her colleagues found that in some years, the, in the intended effect was observed but in other years, slug damage was actually higher in the planted green field plots compared to the plots uh, with a cover crop terminated prior to planting. Okay, very interesting. So um, explain about, is there an, an influence of what method growers use to terminate cover crops? Does that influence maybe how severe slug damage might be uh, or, or does cover crop termination method not have an impact? I don't really know that we have enough research data on slug populations with different cover crop termination methods to say anything con conclusively. I think that the overwhelming lesson of managing slugs in field crops is that it's all about the timing of the weather, planting, emergence, and then the weather patterns after planting. And all of these factors play a role in determining whether the field has a slug problem or not. And I think it's really hard to predict, you know, because just one cover crop termination method isn't necessarily going to say, aha, you're going to have a slug problem. Um, it's all of those factors um, played together. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about cover crops and slugs? I, I think uh, what, we, what we haven't talked about, um, although we've kind of gotten close to talking about it is, you know, slug problems don't happen every single year. Um, and if you're concerned about um, building your soil health using a no-till system that has cover crops incorporated into it, and that's your overarching goal for your, your whole farm and your business, you know, cover crops have a role to play. And I don't think that avoiding cover crops to prevent uh, slug issues is a good idea um, because we can have fields that have cover crops that have no slug issues. And we can have fields that have no cover crop in them that have serious slug issues. And so I really think that the, the focus should be when, when you're growing cover crops is, you know, what reasons are you doing that on your farm? Very good. So uh, where could listeners go for more information on cover crops and slugs? 
So uh, we publish uh, weekly updates for the slug monitoring project uh, during the planning season in uh, our online newsletter called Field Crop News. Um, and you can subscribe by visiting extension.psu.edu slash FAFC-connect or visit our Facebook page um, and you can just Google Penn State Extension Field and Forage Crops. Um, and we post those updates on a regular basis during the planning season. Great. Well, thanks so much, Liz, for joining us today and uh, talking about cover crops and slugs and, and all of the <laughs> issues that slugs can cause in cover crop and cash crop fields. For our listeners, once again, I want to thank BioTill for sponsoring this podcast. To learn more about BioTill, call 541-928-0102 today. For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com. 